Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Is is this the, the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It comes down to that, that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you here? You we always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys in the show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because he was done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Hey there, Marcus Dash here from Chief Concerns. Just want to comment and say BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for football, baseball, boxing, golf, and much more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Chief Concerns. I'm Marcus Dash here with legendary Chiefs tight end, my guy, Jason Dunn. JD, how we doing, brother? How's it going? What's going on? How you doing, brother? You doing all right? I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm that you know what? Like we talk, we talk about the off season, and I know like every year during during the season, obviously the, the topics write themselves because you know we're previewing the, the the game coming up. But I love the off season where you and I can kind of go a la carte and go pretty much pick where we want to go with the uh, the uh, off season episode. So I'm ex- I'm excited about that, and there's some good news. I mean, there's some interesting news. Uh, one that we'll, we'll get into it uh, later on the show. But yeah, I'm feeling great. How you doing, brother? Doing well. I'm doing all right, man. You know it's uh. Beautiful Wednesday uh, evening, and so uh, uh, you know I'm trying to take everything in. It's, it's sinking in that it is off season, and there, there are things happening. Uh, trying to keep on the ticket as far as like what's who's making moves, what's who's doing what, and it was uh, very interesting to look at some of like the new coaches and their staff who they put me in. Uh, as far as guys getting places, I haven't really seen a whole lot of that. Uh, so I haven't really checked anything today to see what was going on, but I know it's it's going to be heating up. These next couple of weeks is going to be a very telling tale about what teams are doing for their future. So uh, very interesting, very interesting, man. How about you? What's going on with you, man? You doing all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously with the uh, I think what Thursday, Thursday tomorrow is the uh, the day where people, teams can start tagging players. So that mm-hmm. that's the that's the, that's the first step to things. Uh, we'll see what what happens. A lot of rumors and speculation, of course, that's agents trying to drum up stuff. Teams, as you know, teams t- try to drum up stuff to see who's interested in what. And then obviously next week we'll see um, we'll see what happens with uh, at the combine, see if any more speculation and conversations come uh, of that uh, next week. Um, obviously, uh, a lot of teams are trying to vie for that top pick to get the, the top quarterback. So we're going to see a lot of those uh, rumors of teams uh, trading the house to go get uh, – to go get the number one pick for potentially Caleb Williams, who everyone's saying is the uh, the next Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, they can say a whole lot of different things. You know, we, <laughs> mouth mouth says anything. I, I learned that a long time ago. The mouth says anything, but the reality is, 
will he be a, a the you know a Patrick Mahomes of the future? Nobody knows that. Nobody knows. Yeah, he's he's got a lot of football to be doing. You know what you did in college means nothing. What happens in the NFL? Sorry, it's just the way it works. And generally, the the, the, the number one quarterback. Just looking at historically, the, the first quarterback taken in drafts usually doesn't usually doesn't live up to the hype that they, they have surrounding them. I think I, I love Caleb Williams. I, he's a DC kid, so I mean, I I, I saw him uh, going to private school uh, down the street from me, so I, I kind of yeah. got to see him grow up a little bit. So I'm rooting for him, obviously, but. You know, a lot of pressure is on those number one guys, especially guys when you're when you're when you're when you're hearing Patrick Mahomes comparisons. That's a lot of stuff and a lot of uh, hype to be put on some uh, a young kid. Look, man, I learned a long time ago, and I, I keep saying it is you know using somebody's a name and a great in the same sentence never works, never works until they really pan out and they show you that. Um, then I, I would reserve the whole comparison, right, or the next Patrick Mahomes. The next anything, let him be the first Caleb Williams when he comes in, right, and see what he can do from that point on. But you know, I, I think sometimes it's unfair to start comparing guys to, you know, to to you know greatness, right? Like like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we know that, that he's he's a phenomenal talent in his in of itself, and to to do this for this young young gentleman coming in, I don't know, man. I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far yet. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a big mountain to climb if you're uh, gonna say a guy's uh, comparative to the the best quarterback in the league, arguably one of the best quarterbacks of all time already. So like, I mean, yeah, it's a that t- tough thing to put on a kid, uh, to, especially a 22 year old. Um, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot because he, he's sitting over like, oh, I got to be the next Batman. Oh, you don't. You know, I just you be the first Caleb boy. How about that? You just be that. You know, so. Exactly. And hey, that, that's pretty good enough already. He's already a Heisman. So there you go. Um, so I'm lucky. Like I like your hat. You like you like this? I like that. Hey, I, that's, you know, from, that's from when you were there, Reebok, baby. Yeah, I, I like the color, man. Pops with the red on top. It, it, it works. You know, yeah. I'm it's growing on me. It's really growing on me. You know, <laughs> I like the yellow though. It looks good. It looks good. I know? appreciate it. Yeah. I, I I remember when you were playing. They they made this is where I got it. it was around that time. So obviously my head hasn't grown at all since uh, since what uh, <laughs> two thousand seven two thousand eight. Yeah, my my head stayed the same. Um, but uh, they I remember they made a lot of the the one the Herm wore was the it was the red with it was the red hat with the, with the white KC without the arrowhead over top of it. Okay, that got the same style like that. Same style. It was just red with white lettering. Okay. Yeah, I remember, I remember Herm first made that hat um, when they when they when they when they made that one out with the uh, without the arrowhead on it. I remember seeing that. I went to go to the store to get that. It was around the time where we not every mall had lids yet, so it was you had to rely on Champs or like or like one of those stores that have hats within the mall. And I remember they had they didn't have the red one, but they had they had the yellow one. I was like, yeah, right, yeah, let's do that. Why not? Oh, yeah, no, it, not? Looks good. it looks Thanks. good. I appreciate it. Um, so with this episode, we're gonna obviously get into the off-season topics, but before that, JD promised to show you all some of the photos and videos he had from the parade that he went to last week. So we got those here. JD's got them for us. So we're gonna we're gonna start the episode off with looking at some of uh what JD got into during the, the parade. Um JD, you sent me a bunch of stuff. I I, I could load most of them. Some of the video clips I could not load, but I I have I have three or four from um that, that we'll be able to show. Okay, so here we go. We're gonna go with the. Uh... So JD, talk to us about what, 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 what we got here. Yeah, so the one uh, on the left, the Chiefs Kingdom 
those are the flyover guys. Those are the, the, the ones that did uh, that do the, the flyovers for the games. Uh, really cool guys, man. Cool pilots. You know, and I, I, I always enjoy everything that they do. Uh, like having, like when I look at, you know, things like this, I'm like, man, can I have a picture with you guys? You know, it's like, man, we'd love to have a picture with you. I'm like, man, absolutely. So it's kind of, you know, uh, uh, respect and admiration from, from both sides, man. But these guys, man, are awesome. I'm always in all of the things that they do, uh, just, you know, flying the planes and whatnot. So, yeah, I had to, had to pay homage to them dudes, man. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, they told me their names. I, I didn't I didn't get to – I don't remember right now, but, you know, the, those guys are awesome dudes, man. Now, are these the same fly? I mean, I don't really know much about the flyovers. Are these the same flyover guys that were doing the flyovers for your games back in the early 2000s, or they, they change it up? No, I think they, they switch it up. So, okay. you know, I'm, I'm sure it's probably just different pilots every every single year, or if they like two or three years, they may move on to something else. But, uh, you know, obviously, they come from the Air Force base uh, down there. So, yeah, good guys. Cool. To the to the right, as you see, man. So this is, uh, hmm. If you're looking at Union Station, this would be on the east side of it. And so I ran into you know a few fans back that way, some kids, and you know I had to I had to tell them who I was. Yeah, I didn't quite know. Like, well, who are you? I was signing. I go, who are you? I'm like, I'm Jason Dunn. So really cool kids. That's you can cool. see them. Everybody having a good time. You know, and they they was all awesome. You know the parents and stuff. Everybody was kind of there, so yeah, it was really cool, man. Like the 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 mass of people. You can even see somebody up in the tree over there to the right. I mean, over oh, by yeah. the sidewalk, man. It's it, it was when I'm talking about see a red from eye to see as far as your eye can see. That's exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. Oh, so yeah. So I okay, maybe I don't watch commercials as much as I guess everybody else. But this dude was he was. You know, taking pictures with everybody. That's that. Okay, I was I was trying to figure out who that was. That was the guy in the Bud Light commercial. Bud Light guy. Yeah, <laughs> I just seen a commercial like this past week. I'm like, man, that's him. But I, you know, when I was, you know, we obviously we're in the same section, and he's running around and taking pictures with different people. You know, he's got a he's got like a whole camera crew with him. You know, uh, but I would know he was cool. It was really cool. And so we just you know took a little selfie right here. Uh, but he was, you know, going over to the kids and everybody else also just kind of taking pictures, man. Good guy. It's cool. Cool. That's cool. Uh, you see our, 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 our buddy, our pal, uh, uh, Nick Wright, there sitting over there with him, man. And so uh, he was coming through. And we see him. We, we kind of just met right there in the middle. I'm like, Nick, man, Jason Dunn. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I know exactly who you are. I was like, yeah. And I was just like, man, I just love everything you do. Just representing Kansas City and, and the Chiefs and all of that, man. So we had a nice little brief conversation. I was like, yo, Nick, we got to do a picture real quick. He said, man, absolutely love to. And so, you know, we went ahead and flashed one uh, real quick. So the Tony, man, we got to get him out on Chief Concerns, see if he could come and uh, talk to us and, and talk a little bit about it. I know he does. He's very busy. He's a very busy guy, man. It was good seeing him, though. And you can see the smile on his face, the adulation he had. Just through the day, his Chiefs had been rocking with him the entire time, oh. the entire time, as he should, man. And, you know, they, they shoot, they make Nick look good for the simple fact, man, the Chiefs, the Chiefs made us all look good. 
Yeah, you know, he does a lot of he does a lot of KC like radio spots and different things locally still, even though he's got a busy schedule up in New York with uh, with what he, he does the first things first. So, yeah, it'd be yeah. be great to have him on, especially during the off season. Have him come on, see what he what, what he what he wants to get into. Um, yeah, and, and plus too, we just made a video on our channel yesterday highlighting some of the bad takes from uh, one of the other guys on his channel and Jason McIntyre. So uh, maybe he wants to talk about that a little bit with us too. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good, man. Be good. We had to reach out to his people, see what he says. Uh, be great to have him on the show and talk For a little, sure. little Chiefs football. For sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is uh, Big Brother right here, Neil Smith. We're taking a picture together. I told Neil, and I think I sent this on, put it on our Twitter, my Twitter page, because uh, I had maybe one of those uh, uh, the vintage Chiefs that he does a good job of just sending different pictures and stuff out. One was yeah. Neil doing that, you know, his, his baseball swing, home run swing. And so I was like, yo, man, this is big dog right here. You know, Neil's as good as people as, as as there is. And so we just, you know, right there, just taking a picture right there. You see the crowd behind us uh, just enjoying it, man. Always good seeing Neil, though, man. Good people. It's great. A lot of good things for the community, man. Everybody knows who he is. So, yeah. Yeah, big dog out there right now. So That's cool. You know, a guy who did leave the Chiefs to go get a Super Bowl elsewhere. It's still – it's cool to see how he still, you know, is in, in – like you, he's still in, you know, the Kansas City Chief community. You know what I mean? So I, I think it's really cool. Well, I, I thought it was crazy. Like, you know, people was like, oh, yeah, I never forget what he did to us. And I, I'm like, man, look, <laughs> you don't know things like that. That's amazing <laughs> to me. It, it is. That's amazing to me. Well, you know, I find so. it funny, too, because, like, now, now that we are the Super Bowl championship team and we're hoping for the veterans that come to us for, like, one- or two-year deals, they should understand – why he did what he did because he wanted you know he had a great career he wanted to be able to get his ring so he you know he went went elsewhere it just happened to be you know our division rival but you know yeah hey things happen that's business right it's a business not personal no oh i know that familiar guy it's a friend of the show right there yeah uh-huh yes sir <laughs> so we have right there that's chris bober you know off of the tackle with the chiefs uh, Bo's man with him was was hanging out there at the uh, at the at the the parade man. So he's right behind the, the barrier. So I was like, Bo's man, we gotta take a picture. And so of course that's what we were doing in front of the the, uh, the part of Chiefs Kingdom, the Red Kingdom, man. Uh, but it was just, I mean, it's just massive. You could just see it, just massive amount of people just out here just celebrating the Chiefs. And so of course, you know, on the right, uh, moving over to this is, you know, I'm just I'm just capturing different parts of you know the parade and where everybody is and so um there's good people you see everybody's just having a good time man you see it but just some, some really good people out there uh enjoying the celebration yeah deservedly so man we waited a sure. long time we waited a long time and most fan bases don't get to celebrate as much as we are nowadays yeah. Was, let's go left to right here jd who i was trying to figure identify who was in this picture i i, I think i gotta identify two of them but, uh, okay. go for it. Left to right, left to right. We'll have to start with uh, G. Steels, Gary Steels. That's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, G. Steels, man. Uh, uh, you know the, uh, the, the special teamer. Uh, you know, uh, outside linebacker. His son came up for a stint of, with the Chiefs. You know, ended up getting hurt. But G. Steels, man, is like one of the most I, I say in my mind most underrated guys that ever played put on Chiefs jersey. The yeah. things he was able to do, special teams wise, 
he is like the epitome of like what special teams is all about. That's G Steels, one hundred percent. Yes, Steels and Ken Year and Fox, man, they were one of the guys. Yeah. When people people don't when people talk about those teams from back in the day, they don't really that they, they those are two guys that people don't get uh, mentioned enough. And yeah, mm-hmm. get Gary Steels and Ken Year and Fox, man. Yeah, G Steels, outside linebacker, defensive end, body type. Uh, then of course it's yours truly. Uh, as as debonair as ever, then Chris Bober right there in the middle, uh, Keith Cash, another tight end right there. Oh, that's, that's that was that's amazing. We got that number eighty nine uh, fraternity over there, JD. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, tight ends, man. You know, we keep it keep it right. Uh, we got Tim Barnett, of course, uh, sitting over there with the white cup in his hand. You know, enjoying it. Part of the uh, uh, KC Ambassadors. This is part of the KC Ambassadors Club. This is what this is. And there's, you know, our, our man, our scholar, Danon Hughes, right there to the right, uh, you know, enjoying the entire festivities. And so we had a section of, like, KC Ambassadors, former players all sitting over there, man. It's always good to see my brothers out there uh, enjoying themselves. And, uh, you know, we want to be in a celebration just watching the young guys be able to achieve this uh, a vaunting uh, uh uh, experience and we want to celebrate them with that. So that's who it is. That's really yeah. cool. That's too, but he 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 had he had dipped to the other side. But go ahead. No, I was saying I think it's really cool how like you know former players you know like and, and the Chiefs do a good job when they're doing the trophy ceremony to recognize the pa- the history in the past and kind of bring it all together like in full circle and stuff. And I I think that 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 parade and the, the ceremony there they did a really good job of kind of like. Connecting the past Chiefs team and Chiefs rosters, and I think it's all really poetic and beautiful. That you guys are there to celebrate that the, the history, Chiefs history being there. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's a brotherhood, it, you know. It, you know, that's that's how it is. It's a brotherhood. So, you know, you come back, man. You celebrate all these things with these guys because at some point, those guys are gonna be where we're at. You know, you're tired, done with the game. And, you know, younger guys are gonna come up, and what you want to do is you want to show them, hey. How you doing? We support you. We got your back all the way. How to be part of the community and whatnot. So, sure. uh, Casey and Master do a tremendous, tremendous job in the community. Yep. Um, and then we got video clips. So I'm gonna play this right now, JD. All right. I put it all on one, on one uh, collective video uh, thing here, so I'll just play it. Okay. That's cool. The confetti is really, that was really awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think I was talking to my brother. Um, I think I see somebody, somebody was selling Super Bowl confetti. It was like going for a lot. Yeah. I remember during Super Bowl 54, I remember going on eBay. There was a lot of it. And then also there were some, um, some writers on the from the athletic, I guess, or Sports Illustrated, they were, they were like doing like auctions for their um for their confetti that they could collect it at it. 
me and my brother were laughing. I was like, you know, Joker's back here cutting up confetti. Like, hey, man, settle this right here. That yeah, like so getting red and yellow cut, and I kind of crumbling up a little bit so it looks like it's like it was utilized. People stepped on it. Yeah, yeah. How do you know it's official confetti from the Super Bowl? You have no idea. You no. just buy them. Yeah, I, I get it, man. But a little bit of a really good time, JD. I'm, I'm glad you got to go. And we, we had some comments here of JD networking with the, the chief concerns hat. JD repping the CC hat. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. There you go. go. Got to do that. Because part of it is, man, like, you know, we try to get more people to, to see this this wonderful show that we put on, Marcus. Yes, sir. Right? We want people to get to, to jump in on all of this. Yes, sir. Uh, so, you know, everybody got to have a good taste of this nugget, man. We give out some, some really good uh, some good sweet, nuggets out here, man. Sweet treats all, all year long, baby. All year. <laughs> all year. All year. <laughs> All right, so uh, so JD and I have some uh, interesting stuff to talk about tonight. One of which I'm curious to hear where you stand on this, JD, because a lot of Chief fans are really pissed off about this. Um, I think you may, I mean, if you go on social media today, you'd have seen a little bit about this whole Antonio Pierce uh, try to pay, do a little throwback uh, Raiders Chief rivalry type stuff. Um, so yeah, so we'll begin with uh, Antonio Pierce making some comments about uh, his Mahomes rules that he's calling it. So in a recent episode of Max Crosby's The Rush podcast, Antonio Pierce discussed how he got his team ready to play the Chiefs before they pulled off their 20-14 to 14 Christmas Day upset in KC, which was the last loss. And, of course, Andy Reid says it's the turnaround for us. Um, in the week before the game, Antonio Pierce expressed to his team that they need to hate the color red and showed them videos of famous boxing and MMA matches and how the NBA's Detroit Pistons, um, the Detroit Bad Boys, approached playing Hall of Famer Michael Jordan in the late 1980s with a tough defensive game plan devised by Coach Chuck Daly. And I have the clip right here, so we're going to play that. You got the Jordan rules, and we, we I'm calling now from now on, as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. So you remember when Jordan was going through it with the Pistons, all those guys in the 80s before he came, Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, the Pistons used to whoop his ass. Anytime he came to the hole, elbows, yeah. filling them, love taps. We touched them. We in the head mentally, physically, emotionally. Spiritually, I'm touching you. So I show those guys Jordan getting his whooped. So I think Pro Football Talk wrote a whole article today about how they think that the NFL will kind of review this and talk to the Raiders about this because apparently they've cracked down on a lot of this extra, you know, maybe dirty type stuff, inciting dirty stuff since the whole bounty game with the Saints. Well, there's anything inciting dirtiness here. I think it's just more physical attitude he's trying to give a team that's been kind of forgotten over the last two decades. Uh, but JD, what are your thoughts on Antonio Pierce's uh, messaging here to the team? Uh, I, I don't see anything wrong with it at all. Not, not one bit. I mean, you, you do everything you can to motivate your guys to get the job done. Uh, I, I don't think he's sitting there saying he, they're targeting him, Patrick, you know, in a way that is uh, illegal or after the, after the whistle. Now, if you're saying just touching him and bumping him and, well, not, I mean, that's going to happen on the plays anyway. All he's saying is just let him know that you're there all the time. And so psychologically, you want to try to get into your, your opponent's head. I, I I have no problem with that whatsoever. You know, it's what they say, all fair is in love and war, right? So <laughs> it's war out there on the football field. That's the way it is. And so, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily give all the, uh, all the, the niceties and things of that nature, all the friendliness you can. So you could you could choose to be that guy, uh, but the coaches ask you like, "Hey man, you know you you want to go up there and and just give him a little tug, you know, a little bump, 
little, you know, little jawbone, you know, just talking to him, you know, jaw with him a little bit, you know what I mean? Uh, so I don't, I don't find there's anything wrong with it whatsoever. Now, if you're talking about lady hits and all of those different things, totally different. That's a totally different thing. And I think you need to be investigated if you're saying those things. But Antonio Pierce is not saying that at all. He's talking about the the type of uh, uh, the treatment that the D Detroit Pistons gave Michael Jordan. When Jordan came in, they clobbered him. He came in in, in the in, in the paint. You make him pay for it. You make him feel it. Okay, you bump it. Uh, you know what that did to Jordan? Okay, I'm gonna tell you what it did to Jordan. When they made it the Jordan rule, the Detroit Pistons decided to go after Michael Jordan. Okay, bumping him, hitting him, tearing him down, and whatnot. Michael Jordan decided to change up his routine. He went in, he started lifting weights. He started getting better. He started learning how to deal with all those bumps and bruises. And guess what? He won championships against the bad boys. You know why? Because that made him better. That type of competition made him better. Crosby should know that. Crosby went to him. And Patrick told him, like, you don't, look, you woke up the wrong. That's what he told you. You woke, you woke up the wrong today. That's what happened. I'm here. Guess what, guys? I am here. Bring everything you need to bring. Bump me if you want to. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to pay for it. That's what's going to end up happening. And guess what? Hey, they got the better of the Chiefs that day. They got the better of the Chiefs. But guess what that did? We made the entire NFL pay for it. That turned it on for us. Right? And so we benefited off of that. Hey, thank you, Antonio Pierce. Appreciate it. Man, we, we should be thanking him. We should be congratulating him right now in awakening a sleeping giant. How about that? I'll go there with that part. Uh, because now all of a sudden, Patrick MDI was like, man, we need to we, look. You got a butt's kick. Now everything changes for us. Now this is the come to the, you know, we, we need to go inside the having the closed door sessions with the players only, no coaches. If we're going to do this, we got to get it done now. We just got to hand it to us this past weekend. And it was embarrassing. And sometimes you need embarrassing moments like that to check your game up. Everybody needs a heart check, a gut check every once in a while. Thank you for the Raiders giving it to us and then Antonio Pierce. I appreciate it. So that's why I'm that's why I go with it this Marcus. That's the way I feel about it. How about that? I, okay. I like it. I, I, I see there's two two uh, I have two reactions to this. So one reaction is A, thanks for the early bulletin board material. And and A, on top of that, it's also giving us another reason because Andy Reid even said it. That Christmas Day game was one of those games we came into that game. Oh, it's the Raiders. It kind of woke us up a little bit. Right, losing to them, it's like, oh man, this is a team we don't usually lose to. We lost them on Christmas Day. This is going to make us make sure we're not sleeping on that game whenever we do play them next year. If they, if if that was the case, well, no, not anymore. They're giving this because I mean, they're talking about in that podcast how he's given the, the whole league a blueprint on how to beat the Chiefs. So like, it's not only they're talking about that; he, he's also giving that added fuel to the fire as well. Well, I don't, I don't even think it's like the blueprint to beat the Chiefs. I think it's just something. I, if I would be actually shocked if I, if I don't believe every team is doing this. Look, when we we went against teams, Coach Ramil or whoever the coach was would show us things on video. He would show us fights. I mean, he showed us uh, uh, Tommy Hearns and uh, I think it was uh, Hagler, Hagler Hearns, Hagler. Yes, show that fight. The the rounds that it went to. All the talk leading up to it, the punches being thrown. I mean, it was a brawl from the very beginning to the very end. 
And it was good to see that. Just going through, you know, telling the story and getting guys mentally ready and prepared to going out slugging. It's a slugfest, okay? There ain't no pillow fights out there. Guys are going out there, man, to tear your neck off. You better be ready. So, yeah, if we came through tiptoeing in that game, it woke us up. And that's exactly what we needed. That's exactly what the doctor ordered. For us to win another Super Bowl, it took that. It's a catalyst to get us to where we needed to get to, Marcus. And, hey, I want to thank Antonio Pierce and the entire Raiders organization for doing your due diligence to get us what we needed to do. Cheers to you, baby. How about that? The funny part about that is that after the Super Bowl, um, after we, you know, we, you know, use the Raiders facilities, read text uh, uh, Pierce saying, thanks for hosting us. Uh, your facility is beautiful. And thank you for waking us up on Christmas Day. And I think that's, that's hilarious because, I mean, that's, that's what, that's what he's going with. That's right. It's true. So, you know, we, 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 we cut the lights off. We let the place light. We got it. So, <laughs> and, yeah, and, and be, it's a flag in the middle of their field at the end of the game, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One thing on another thing that I, I do like with this, and this is maybe an unpopular opinion, and I think I've seen someone in, in the comments kind of hinting at what I, what I want to get to with this. Um, I think AP wants to pull the Raider culture back, uh, tough physical football. And that's the one thing I do like about this is, is the fact that Raiders are a historic franchise. Raiders and Chiefs, you can make the argument it's one of the best rivalries of all time in all sports. I think we had a, a talk about when Mad Dog Rousseau said it was a top five rivalry of all time, and I, I believe that. Um, mm -hmm. But like, it's trying to bring back this kind of a rivalry between Raiders and Chiefs. Yeah, they've been a forgotten franchise over the last two decades, but Antonio Pierce is a guy who never played for the Raiders. He was a Giants pretty much his entire career, uh, or the main part of his career. But he was a Raider fan gr growing up. He grew up watching the Raiders. I remember uh, there was a whole story David Carr told about when the Giants played the Raiders, someone scored in the uh, the Raiders' end zone, He just and, and uh, someone celebrated in their end zone in the black hole area. And yeah. Pierce is pissed off about it. He's like, yeah, no, nah, they'll be doing that. They'll be spiking the ball over there. Like, you know, you got to respect this franchise. And I, I think it's, yeah, I'm not rooting for the Raiders by any means, but I do like that there is a little a little bit of this going on where it's kind of a re renewed rivalry where it's been like Jesus beating the crap out of them and like, hey, they woke us up this year. And you know what? And they're, and they're still chirping about it. So it's like, okay, all right. Are, are we bringing it back? Is, is it time to bring back Chiefs Raiders rivalry? And it could be maybe elements of that. I, I don't think I don't think they're gonna uh, beat us next year. I think because they beat us this year, we're gonna go into it, take care of business next year, uh, go two and zero again uh, to get back to that. But I do like the element of hey, let's you know let's, let's get this Chiefs Raiders rivalry thing going again. I, I, I think you have to. I think Antonio Pierce is, was great for uh, for the Raiders to sign him as a head coach because he, he is going to bring that the whole air of that back. Right? He's he's going to bring you know everything that they they were what they're supposed to be being, like you said, a hard-hitting physical team, he brings all of that there. He's got guys there to do it. Uh, they just needed somebody to bring them out of it. And it's, it's great for football. It's great for the AFC West. You know, it's great for our rivalry, now, our competition, no doubt about it. Uh, and so, uh, you know, the Chiefs are not going back down for it. It just makes us better. It makes competition even better, especially in the AFC West, right, in the AFC overall. So, no, nah, that, that's great. Uh, you, you don't want – you don't want to – you don't want to compete against people just knowing, like, oh, okay, it's just you trying to go into the game. Like, you do need a little bit of that, that sauciness, okay, that rivalry, you know, a little bit of that hate, disdain for others. You know what I mean? So, 
No, I, 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 I like it. I think the guys will enjoy it. Uh, but like I said, again, man, I'm, I'm glad he's the head coach over there. Uh, Antonio understands exactly what it means to be a Raider uh, as far as like, you know, growing up in that atmosphere and seeing it. So no, no better, no better person could have been a head coach for that team other than Antonio Pierce at this time. So yep. they needed it. And that staff too. I don't know if you've seen the staff that they got Marvin Lewis over there. Um, they brought in uh, <laughs> Joe Philbin, the old Miami Dolphins coach. They got a lot yeah. of a good pieces there. I think Tom Coffin may be helping out with in some capacity on that team too. So I mean, it's a you know just running with some with some good guys uh, who've been in the league for a while around these parts for a long time. And and also too, I'm forget the Raiders aspect of this. I'm happy Marvin Lewis is getting another shot to be a coordinator again or assistant head coach again because for whatever reason, I don't know why. I think it was ridiculous that he lost that job in Cincinnati. They lived in the playoffs. Yes, they didn't, they didn't get they didn't advance. They lived in the playoffs for a good while. And they got rid of him, and then he never found him, like a DC job anywhere else. And you know, good for him for laying on his feet again. Absolutely, absolutely. Somebody recognized him, what he, his value. So, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, and we see so many guys in this league come and go, JD, who are like you know not talented guys who are being coaches, and like you see a guy who who has the the proof in the pudding, but yet for some reason he's not getting the the, the job for whatever reason. Yeah, shameful. It's shameful. Um, all right, so we're gonna get into some of the uh, the rumors and the off season stuff that's going on. Um, I do wish the Raiders some luck uh, next year, though, because uh, you're you're starting the off season and giving uh, Pat some uh, bulletin boards here. So I w- wish them wish them luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we don't. We don't wish you nothing. Uh-uh. Yeah. Wanna, yeah. Like like uh, was uh, Dave Chappelle. Wish all the bad things were happen to you. The <laughs> haters ball. That's what that is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so sticking with kind of division rivalry stuff, um, this is an interesting one I saw today. So, um, ESPN, obviously with free agency coming along, they're, they, they're kind of doing these projections as to what they think is going to happen in free agency with based on the guys who are going to be there. So obviously with our off season needs, we talk about wide receivers being one of the biggest needs. And yeah, and that is, we just had the show Monday. We talked about how, yeah, we might see an overhauled, complete new wide receiver room. But yeah. one room that we know for sure is probably going to be, as of right now, is going to be uh, it, probably not that many people in it, is a running back room. Isaiah Pacheco is the only guy still standing, CH free agent. Jarek McKinnon's a free agent. And with that, ESPN analyst Matt Bowen wrote an article um, finding the best team fits for ESPN's top 50 free agents. And the one that kind of shocked me in a way, but when I thought about it a little bit more, I was like, okay, this, this makes a little bit sense. Um was Austin Eckler. So he wrote with Clyde Eversolaire, Jerry McKinnon heading to free agency, the Chiefs could sign Eckler on a short-term deal to work in rotation with Isaiah Pacheco. He would give Coach Andy Reid a pass game threat out of 21 personnel with the ability to flex from the backfield. Eckler caught 51 passes last season with the Chargers and 440 receptions in his career. Resigning with the Chargers or joining the Raiders would also be good fits for Eckler. Uh, cap experts also believe that Eckler's market would be about one year, $4 million. Um, so, which if you think about it, it's identical to the deal we gave Drew Tranquil last year uh, to, to give a one-year deal for, for a guy. So, J.D., obviously, you play fantasy. You know that uh, Eckler is a solid guy as far as catch the ball in the backfield, uh, running the ball, um, and I think he'd be a perfect complement. If we do end up losing Jarek McKinnon, CEH, I think he'd be a perfect one-year fix for those guys. What are your what, what is your opinion on the potential of getting Austin Eckler and how he fit in our scheme. So who, so who started this rumor? I mean, this, this is just out here that somebody's saying he'd be a good fit. 
Kansas yeah, because it, it was looking at the free agents and looking at the fit uh, of things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, look, I like Austin Eckler. I, you know, I I thought that uh, the deal that he signed with uh, the Chargers, I, I think he was he he wasn't as as respected. I think he took a very team friendly deal with those guys. Uh, this past year, I didn't quite see exactly the, what he, you know, he, he's usually used to getting as far as yards wise and whatnot. That could be a purpose, purposeful why they did that. Uh, and he, he would, I mean, would he fit? Well, yeah, of course. Uh, he, he has a lot of ability, a lot of talent. I think he's a very talented back. He's another one of those guys that uh, he, he was a free agent, wasn't he? And he came in. I think he was. When, when he went to San Diego yeah. in the first place? Yeah, yeah, I think he was. I think he was a free agent guy, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Let me see. I mean, he went know. to Western Colorado. Um, yeah, undrafted, yeah, he was undrafted, undrafted. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was undrafted free agent, so he's still gonna have that chip on his shoulder, man. Feel like he could do a lot. Uh, he could catch the ball out the backfield. He, he's he's one of those scat guys who could do a lot of different things well. Um, are we looking more for a guy that can give us, you know, that is more of a dual threat? Yeah, possibly. Uh, you know, if we lose McKinnon, if he doesn't come back, obviously it's going to be the element of, like, blocking for Patrick Mahomes. Pass blocking. I don't think Austin Eckler is that's one of his strong suits. I think, matter of fact, he's pretty weak in that position, I, 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 at least from what I remember him being. I don't know, um, you know, if it's, if it's improved or not, but – we know he's he's a numbers guy. He's put up a lot of different numbers, man. He can do a lot of different things. So, yeah, I, I, I'm sure he, he could be a good fit. Why not? Uh, the question is going to be, uh, with Pacheco being the guy, he's a guy. Pacheco's a guy. And also, Eckler coming in, is he a, a backup role type of guy is the question. Are we looking at to um, – Split time between Pacheco and Eckler. That is the question with these two guys. Because Austin Eckler is a starter in the league. There's no question about it. I don't care where he goes. He'll be a starter. Does he want to come here as being in the backup role is really the, the true question. So I don't know if he wants he wants to necessarily do that. I don't know, know if we necessarily need a guy like Austin Eckler as compared to like, yeah, you'll take a couple plays from Pacheco, but hey, man, you, your snaps is going to be limited. It's going to be limited. Okay. Because Tim right now is the man. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess if they if they kind of reduce the running role that Eckler had, right? So I mean, if you're looking at his last this past year is one of is one of his worst years he's had uh since becoming the starting guy over there this past year for Eckler. But if you reduce his carry role and he's getting up there in age, I mean, I think he's what 30, 31, and we and we're talking we're talking a that that's a that's a that's an age for running backs where it's like, okay. Maybe you need to start to become more of a niche kind of guy at this point, right? Twenty-eight. He's only 20. twenty-eight. So. Okay, twenty-eight. But we're talking his t- his touch count. His touch. There's a lot of wear. On, there's a lot of wear on those those tires. The, the amount of touches he's had over the last what six years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would say this: as far as if if he was going to come in, it would be a one-year prove-it deal to show he still has some of the tank. You do it on a team that. You know, look at what McKinnon gave us not this past year because he was hurt all year, but the year before that, being our leading touchdown guy outside of Kelsey. I mean, you put Eckler in that kind of role that we're giving McKinnon as far as being a, a threat out of the backfield, as far as catching the ball. And then also, too, we've, what we've talked about before, the way Pacheco runs, 
that's a guy who's, I mean, he gets, takes a lot of hits and the way he runs so aggressive, that's a guy who, you know, maybe he does need to kind of get, take a little few, little few reps off him as far as to run the ball. Because I mean, what shoulder surgery midway through the season this year. I mean, that's, that's tough. So, so I'll say this uh, to me, running back is not necessarily priority at this moment. Okay. Uh, so I wouldn't be looking to spend money on a running back uh, because we have so many other things to address. I think we could find a, a pretty decent running back. We could find him in a draft. We'll get a guy. We got Daenerys Prince to still on the team. There's guys here that could probably do, you know, that could probably filter in to do a good job at running back. Uh, so I, I, I wouldn't, so I want to, I want to, I want to, Temper the the conversation with Austin Eckler if we if we don't necessarily need him. I mean, right. We don't necessarily need him right now. You know, that's just talk. Uh, if he comes up and it's like, hey man, uh, you know, he's not necessarily a priority for us. And if he did it, it had to be a team friendly deal. The Chiefs had to get a team friendly deal for him as well. Uh, but if you're looking to try to get four or five million dollars a six, we got other priorities. Hey, appreciate it. Kick you on down the road. Uh, we'll make sure we tell Drew Tranko you say hello. <laughs> Well, that's the thing because I I looked at it that when I saw that these kids with the cap experts like for pro, pro, projection for what he could make this offseason. And obviously, over the last few years we we've talked about how the running backs aren't getting paid jack anymore. A guy like that who is you know twenty eight who is who has a lot of wear in, in his tires. And we're talking a one year three million dollar deal for Eckler just to kind of you know give us what Tranquil did on the offensive end as far as like you know spelling Pacheco and being a little bit of threat in the backfield. I would I would take that and run with it if we got Pacheco one year three million. I, 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 let's say that is the number, JD. One year, three million. Tomorrow we get Eckler. One year, three million. I mean, where where do you stand with that? You wouldn't be, you wouldn't knock that, would you? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it at all. My thing is, are you giving somebody three million dollars? You got to start now. We look, we rob Peter to pay Paul. Now, <laughs> look, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. So it's like you realize you're taking money out of you know out of out of your kitty, okay? To pay a guy that you don't necessarily need, I mean, we don't necessarily need it. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, we got a, we got a seven round pick. We got you know Daenerys Prince who could come in if he found anything like as far as like what he's been able to do during the off season and whatnot. You know, he's he's he runs hard. He don't say a whole lot. He don't say a whole lot. But we know he's got ability. He's got ability. So if he's been watching Pacheco and those guys for an entire year, Ceh McKinnon. He might be another diamond in the rough. He might be that one-two punch that we needed. You, you know what I mean? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that that's that's the only reason I say that. I, I, do, I don't want to, you know, start giving money out to people we don't necessarily need. We need to sign some other jokers first, the priority first. Then, hey, if there's something left over, fine. But right now, hey, man, sure, we need to talk about Chris Jones and Sneed. That's, that, that's where everything lies with me. Well, yeah, yeah. Everything, everything that we're talking about right now, that's all out the table until uh, off the table until we get we so something is done. There's closure with the Jones and Sneed situation. People are like you got three million dollars. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> I got three million. Like, yeah, we might have some. Uh, we, we'll see. Check, check back with us in a, in a few weeks. Okay. So <laughs> but, that's hey, what I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave that right there, man. I, you know, I, I don't want to have the conversation. I mean, we could talk about it like different guys coming in. My thing is, we may have the pieces on the team if they trust them to do the job, you know. And that's so. fair. 
That's fair. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, there's there's two things I'll say. So, a I'm looking at uh, CH's contract this past year. CH made three point four million this year. So that's three point four million off the table right there. You could bring one year three million for for. I mean, if you do it that way, three point four for CH, three million for uh, for Austin Eckler. Eh. <laughs> maybe, maybe they weren't trying to pay another three million dollars for a back. Maybe, maybe. like that. That's the, that's part of where our money was coming. They like okay, see you later, uh, CH. You know what I mean? So. They're calculating all these different things up, man. They, yeah. Like, but like, hey, Austin Eckler's coming in for another three million. No, no, <laughs> no. We don't want a guy for three million dollars. We got to pay these guys first. Let's let's do these first, right? It, so, like, I guess my whole thing is when when I see when I see this whole deal with with uh, Eckler or the one year potentially three million or four million. When I look at that, right? So, Th three made three point four this year. Forget that. But mm-hmm. I, I guess the way I see it, we we are in a luxurious standpoint here where we do have a running back who's a seventh round pick making uh Pacheco made this past year uh eight eight hundred eighty nine thousand. I mean you know people talk about the Niner situation they have a quarterback who's making nothing a seventh round he's making what Pacheco's making essentially but yeah. and like they could say oh we could spend all the other places so like if our main guy's making eight hundred or eight hundred thousand bucks that you could say, okay, well, you know, we're gonna get, you know, Eckler bring him in for three million because that kind of offsets everything, and you know, we can we can afford to spend on him. Uh, if Douglas is trying to get another eight hundred thousand dollar guy, if they can <laughs> to do the same thing. Brett Beach is not trying to spend no money on a running back. I'm mean, I, look, I get, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I do, and it, it, you know, in a way, it makes sense. But if we're trying to save money. And we're trying to pinch pennies to get the guys in here, the guys that we need. All right. Mm-hmm. If we need to take that three million dollars to keep Chris Jones happy, I would rather take that three million dollars and give it to Chris Jones. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or Jared Sneed or whoever however it works, right? Or maybe a Drew Tranquil for a yeah. long-term deal. You know what I mean? So we start looking at it. it is Austin Eckler going to help us? The checker runs hard, he does all the things we ask him to do. We got guys in here that can, you know, filter in and do some other things, right? They, they, they they've got a little uh, of uh, experience. They've been on a team with a championship. What it takes, what it means, you know, what what is required of you. Plus, you have a great running backs coach to help you understand that, yep. right? So you have somebody that can help you develop in that whole process. So Austin Eckler, man, we'll see you, buddy. We'll, we'll see you. We got some left. Okay, if 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 Beach got a little bit more money pinched in, you know, we'll we'll see what we see what we can do. Right? <laughs> I I will say when I saw it initially, I laughed at it, but I think I think I can I think I can be swayed on this whole Austin Eckler business, JD. <laughs> I hear you. Right. <laughs> but I will say, yeah, you're you're 100 right. There's other guys we need to you know use that money with who you know are pending free agents or just other positions of need that we can use that money with. Oh, yeah, before absolutely. before running back, and, 100%. and Pacheco, like you said, Pacheco is a great reason as to why you don't really need to pay pay for a running back when you when you when you can find eight hundred thousand buck uh, running back who's you know getting twenty five carries in the playoffs a game. So, hundred percent. Right. Um, and with that, talking about uh, a position of need, there's a guy I hinted at on our show on Monday when we talked about receivers. And it's a guy that you know very well, JD. You know his family very well. Uh, so as we highlighted on Monday, um, that wide receiver room is going to be completely revamped and many think it should be revamped, which, you know, I think you and I are in agreement with that. Um, so 
most fans are hoping for a Mike Ev- Mike Evans, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman Jr. type guy. Uh, but for me, it's the potential cap casualties I'm looking at. Guys like Mike Williams, not, not top of my, my list by any means, but that's a guy who's a cap casualty. But the other guy is a guy like Tyler Lockett. And then if we look at the, the whole body of work here, of what guys I'm going to be looking for as we get to free agency when these cap casualties happen, is a guy who has already been paid, is a guy who's probably towards the end of his career. I'm not saying it is the end of his career, but towards the end, but he's already been paid and he does not have a ring. So Mike Evans, he wants to get paid. He wants to continue to get paid, and he already has a ring. So that's definitely not uh, – uh, and I've, I've seen, like, the Jeff Darlington had a whole thing this this week about bringing Mike Evans. Like, no, that's not that's, – that's, we're not going to spend money on Mike Evans. Um, but so Tyler Lockett's a guy – and, you know, he fits the, that mold what I'm, I'm talking about big time. He's already gotten paid, doesn't have a ring, and the beauty is he's from the area. His dad played with the Chiefs. His dad, you know his dad very well in Kevin Lockett. Um, So he's got two more years in Seattle. uh, But the reason why they're saying he was a potential cap casualty is um, he's turning 32 during the season this year. And uh, he could be designated as a post-June 1st cut and save that team $17 million. I mean, that's a a lot of money that that they could save by cutting him. Um, So that's why he's up there as far as a name to watch. But uh, while he's up there in age, uh, Lockett, has shown he can still bowl. Uh, he had 894 yards receiving this year, five touchdowns last season. Um, Lockett has also had at least 1,000 yards from from scrimmage from 2018 through 2022. So super consistent guy. And in my opinion, I think he'd be an ideal weapon next to Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice. JD, we talked about Lockett before in the show last year when there was a chance that he could be, you know, um, when they when they were when they had the Geno Smith year when they thought they were going to kind of blow it up. But they kept him around, and now there's a chance that this could actually finally happen. What do you uh, What do you make of a Tyler Lockett potential? Um, how would he fit in the scheme that we have? Oh man, Tyler Lockett. First off, I, I'm 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 just I'm, I'm elated that we're actually bringing his name up to talk about it, because we were talking about it last year, uh, potentially of doing something like a trade or something to get Tyler here. Uh, I am 1,000% with this. If this happens, trying to get this done, I, I'm, I'm on board 100%. 1,000%, I said. Uh, look, Tyler is a guy that would bring, still take the top off the defense, has great hands tracking the football, runs great routes, get open, one-on-one, you, you name it, zone, whatever, he can do it all. He can do it all. He's got incredible speed, uh, an easy target to throw to. It it make it, it 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 all makes sense. This is like one of those like stories that you use as a you know kind of you write down in a hallmark deal. Man comes home, plays for the team that his dad played for, wins a championship here. I mean, I I couldn't think of any better scenario than something like that happening with Tyler coming back home. Uh, to Kansas City, really. Uh, just remember him as a kid, and you know, even as an adult, man, he's 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 such a well-rounded, wonderful man, and a consummate pro through and through. Like you can't get a better teammate or better player on your team than a Tyler Lockett. You just, I mean, you can't. You really can't. 
Uh, he'll do wonders for the young guys that's in the in the building too. And like I said, coming back here as well from playing in you know in, in, in Kansas State. Come on, man. I mean, what 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 more could you hope for? This can't be no better scenario than something like this happening. And and you see, he's still productive. He's he's productive. He's thirty one years old. Tyler has at least another two or three years in him. At least so, he, that, that man doesn't get hit. No. At least. So he takes care of his body. He knows what he's doing out there, right? And so this would be just a, 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 an easy scenario to me. So what if he flipped in the yeses, what he's making, and give to Tyler, shoot. I mean, you're going you're gonna to get everything you wanted. You're going to get everything and more that you thought you was going to get with MVS. Let me put it that way. How about that? Okay. Even more than some, and not to mention everything else, he's going to help out in the locker room, in the community, whatever else. This makes one hundred total sense to me. Uh, the interesting you said that about the, the, the salary cap. So we would save around like eleven and a half mil or twelve million, close to that, with uh, with MVS if we were to cut him. But the, 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 the interesting part is when I was looking into this, the cap experts pr- project if Lockett hits the open market. They project him to make around eleven million, which is like, wait, eleven million—that's almost the exact amount of money we're going to save if we are able to, uh, if we do uh, part ways with MVS. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting. How that's like almost like identical to what we would save there, and it's like, wait, you mean we can get the production that that Lockett gives us for the money we pay MVS? That's a no—that's a no-brainer. Man, it, it <laughs> easy. That's easy. That's an easy choice. Dumb Beach. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. As soon as this happens. Let's let's make it so. Let's get it done. I'm just looking over here at the picture that you've got of, of Tyler and, and Kevin. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> funny. The body types and whatnot. Uh, I, I just it, it'd be amazing. It'd be absolutely amazing. Uh, but he'd be coming home. I mean, he'd be welcoming him in open arms. People would, would just love to have a Tyler Lockett. Uh, I think if you go get it, you know Tyler Lockett. Uh, They can go get maybe some other guy. Shoot, even you know we got, you know Anthony Miller on the team. He's a guy that has got a lot of you know lot lot of uh, uh, ability. So there's there's things you can do there with Rasheed Rice. Come on, man. like he he. I mean Tyler brings up our offense immediately, like this, without a doubt. It's not even a question if he's a number one. It's not. Because he was producing more than uh, uh, what's Metcalf. the name of than Metcalf out there at times. He was, you know, times and you know Metcalf was supposed to be the guy, and Tyler was killing. Him. He was killing. Him. So it's not even. I don't think it's even. You already know what you got. You know what you're gonna get with with Tyler Lockett. You know what you're gonna get. Yeah, and the beauty about what you just said is the fact that like everyone's talking about. Oh, we'll sign. Uh, we'll sign. You know. T. Higgins, and then we'll also draft somebody in the second round. Say, like, wait, 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 wait. No, because we, we and we've talked about on the show a lot. It's all we need is one other guy to kind of take the, the take the load off Kelsey, take the load off Rice, and you have a locket type who can talk, talk about the three levels. JD all over the field, like, all over, all over the, the field. field. And that's all. And that's all we need. And it's like, okay, you get Lockett. 
You don't need to draft a receiver high uh, top three rounds this year. You don't have to. You can maybe it's a very deep receiver class too. So you can maybe draft on the fourth round if you want later on in the draft, and then you can actually rely on, like you said, an Anthony Miller type, or maybe we see what Justin Ross has in the tank. You don't really have to go and get another guy because you have you have three legit receiving options now with Lockett, Rice, and Kelsey. Um, and, and you mentioned the fact that you know he, he can he can take the top off defenses. Uh, but the one thing that we talked about, and this is a, a kind of an underrated part of his game, is the, the move the chains aspect of uh, of what Lockett brings. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just looking right here at the comparison between him and T. Higgins. And Lockett did everything T. Higgins could do. There ain't no difference. I'm, I'm looking at him right now. T. Higgins' best year was uh, 2021, 74 catches for 1,091 yards, right? Go to Locks. Let me see what his best year was. He was just like in that time. Well, he caught 100 passes for 1,054. Then the next year, he had 73 catches for 1,171. 16.1 yards and eight touchdowns. That's 2021, same year. Lock blows it out the water. So you're getting everything that you need in the, in the T. Higgins. Other than the T. Higgins younger, that's it. That's all. But we want this three people these next couple of years, two or three years. Man, Lock going to give you, he's going to give you 70-something balls a year. Every bit of it. Get you another young guy drafting. You set because you want a guy, you want a vet that's going to teach guys how to be a vet. So you, you're actually getting, you're getting a coach also too in this. They can teach your guys. Now, how, how do you even put a, a price tag on that? Can't even measure those things that you're actually getting. From a guy that has, you know, this 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 type of experience, this type of, you know, character that he is as a man, yeah, you're not gonna get any better. I'm telling you, if that opens up, I would not hesitate to try to get a Tyler Lockett here. I would do go above and beyond to get a guy like that. No doubt about it. No doubt. Yeah. So. And I'd be curious uh, if the, if this does happen. Obviously, it's a it's a cap casualty. That's what they're projecting him to be. Uh, and I'm seeing a comment here. I'm uh, I'm to Brown. Um, yeah, the 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 cap experts project him to be about 11 million if he hits 11 million per year if he hits the open market. So that's that, that's what projecting him to be. And we're all we also with the element of coming back home, not having a ring, being 31 going on 32. It may not be 11 million a year. I mean, he may take a discount to come home. May play a, a one year or two year deal. I mean. I, that, that, that's the thing. It's like everyone wants to, obviously everyone wants the younger guys, the Michael Pittman's, the T Higgins of the, uh, of the world. Yeah, obviously, but you're going to have to pay up primo for those guys. And we're not yeah. doing that. We're not doing yeah, that. They, yeah. They're going to cost the double of what, what Lockett is making. Hey, maybe three times. Ain't nobody trying to do that. For what? And you're not going to get the type of caliber, the uh, guy and character experience that Lockett has. I'm, I'm looking at these years, man. Lock, I mean, he's still producing. I know. In seven catches, he had 894 yards, which is the down year. That was it on the yards. But he still had 79 catches, 80 catches. Come on, man. That is, that's that's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer to me. I mean, really. So, Especially if people try to say that uh, he's going to cost too much. Well, they need to look at what MVS was making and say, hey, uh, t- tell me if, they, if those stats match that contract. Well, <laughs> um. No. But if this does happen, we need to get we need to get uh, his father on the show to uh, to, to talk to us about uh, where, where Tyler's head's at right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, 
we'll, we'll, we'll see with that. But yeah, I think ideally, if you talk about receiver that we need, if forget the names, ideally a guy who fits what we need, Lockett would be that. Like he, he, he would, his game would be perfect for what we need. Yeah, you don't have to worry about his hands. You don't have to worry about deep balls. You don't have to worry about anything. It's, that's not the question. It's not. So the only not would be his age, and he's still producing. So he's still producing at a high level. Like you said, he's not taking hits. He's not getting hurt. This is almost like the same thing with the question on D-Hop. We couldn't use him. We definitely should have used D-Hop last year. Yeah. You know? We brought the same element to, to the game in the locker room. You know, to that 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 wide receiver core, but you know, we 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 managed. We got through it. We don't want to do that again this year. Mm-hmm. You want you a guy that is a, a, a number one. Tyler Lockett is a clear number one. It, it's just you know, ain't no question. Ah, he's, he's number twos and threes. Oh, Tyler Lockett is the number one guy. Okay, so and two, yeah. The the point you made about having a veteran in the room, it's like you, you don't want. Let's say we do, you know. Which probably we're probably going to get rid of MVS. He's gone. So the elder statesman in the room is uh, Rice. I mean, hey, come on. We, 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 and, then, and then people want to draft a receiver in the top two rounds. Come on, you have to have a, a guy in, in the in the room who's who's been there and done it. Why is create the drop rush and receiving core pressure? Okay. JD, do you want to answer that yeah, question? Bring it up. Yeah, different question. But why this discussion came up? We created the drop in production in the receiving core. Pressure called the big head. Uh, I it could be a, a number of things. Okay, uh, I don't think pressure it, when they started dropping the football without a doubt. I think pressure did was one of the significant things that happened. Called the big head. It could have been some things there as far as like. Uh, um sometimes when you have a lot of experience or you feel like you've been in the league for a few years, you don't feel like you have to work as hard. Okay. And maybe some bought into that. You're smelling them own selves a little bit more than what they were. Uh, and that happens because you don't go back to doing the things that got you there. You got to do something above and beyond. And you start doing that toward the end of the season, and you can see the production, you see how things change. But I think a lot of that happened. Uh, it could have been some immature, immaturity uh, there, some growth uh, that happened where people weren't being held accountable. Uh, and that's where that takes the coordinator. I'm sure, you know, Embry was doing a good job to say, get the convey to get these guys out of here. Uh, but that's where EB was coming in. And, you know, he was getting on those guys. He, he'd get on those guys if they want to do something. And if you have uh, – uh, you know, a young coach trying to establish himself. It's always going to be a challenge when you have old guys that's been there in the room before trying to insert your, your position in a sense, in a way. But they, they get it all squared away. They figured it out. Uh, but I think a lot of that is uh, under Brown right there was a little bit of pressure, caught the big head, and maybe didn't work as hard, possibly. That could have been it. Uh, but once they got on the same page, man, it's all, it's all it takes. Sometimes it just takes some things – you know, so tweaks here and there, okay, and they and they finally got it done. Yep. Uh, seeing a question here for HD Dreaming. Uh, what's the dev cap for MVS? His dev cap is um two million. His cap hits thirteen point nine, so that means we would get about eleven point nine million back if we were to cut him. So, so yeah. <laughs> so it seems like a no brainer if uh, if Lockett does become available. 
It's just pretty much, and that's the thing. It's like not like oh, we're, we're creating space for that. No, it's literally it's it's literally MVS for Lockett kind of swap if the uh, projection for Lockett is correct on eleven million per year. And yeah, I mean, he's coming back home and he's playing for a championship now. So it's like he's he's going to solidify something. And I think for most of these vets who don't have a ring, you're going to come you're going to come to a place where you can actually compete for a championship. I mean, you've already made your money. It's the twilight at the end of your career. And, the one thing I love about Lockett, JD, um, and you played amongst Tory Holt and stuff. The one thing I love about Lockett, which which reminds me, Tory Holt. Do you remember how Tory Holt never took any hits? He caught a pass. If he knew he wasn't going to get an extra yard out of that, he, he was he was go down with it. I mean that, and that prolonged his career. That's prolonging Lockett's career. That, that's true. That's what happens. That's you a know, savvy that's, I, I hate. You know what? I get it. It's a business decision. It's a business decision, but. I hate seeing guys go down. I, I want to see a guy run over somebody, <laughs> right? I, I want to see that. I do want to see that. And, you know, guys, but, you know, it's not back in the day, like how we were doing it. You get a guy in the wide receiver trying to run over somebody. Now, Rasheed Rice was doing it. Yep. But when we start seeing Diggs and those little dudes catch the football, somebody come in and they get down real fast. I'm like, oh, you a scaredy cat, you? Take a hit. Run over somebody. <laughs> the a long career, J.D., I get it. No, I, I, look, I get it. I understand. I'm just, you know, me. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a, a wrecking ball when I'm out there. So yeah, you're, you're old school. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So final topic here. Um. So going with another ESPN speculative report here, and this is something that a lot of people aren't thinking about right now is the left tackle spot. So obviously, skill players, Chris Jones, Legarius Sneed. That's everyone's thinking about right now. Right now, it's Chris Jones and Legarius Sneed. Watch uh, for everyone right now. Uh, but there's some openings specifically in the offensive line that uh, some would say you can make the argument that the blind side for Patrick Mahomes might be the most important position on the team. Uh, but we were able to make do with uh, Donovan Smith this past year, uh, who had a really great postseason stretch for us. I know we got a lot of crap all throughout the season. He got hurt. Wanye stepped in, played all right. Uh, but Donovan Smith played well down the stretch. And JD and I were talking about when we get to the playoffs. Who's going to play one year, Donovan Smith? JD was like, no, Donovan Smith's going to play when he get when we get to the playoffs and look what happened. Um, so looking at this, so Jeremy Fowler of ESPN said that uh, his one prediction for this offseason is an upgrade at the left tackle spot. And he was pointing to 33-year-old left tackle and Tyron Smith from the Dallas Cowboys, um, <laughs> which is an interesting one. 33, it's a it's a very similar to what we did with uh, Donovan Smith getting an older guy, elder statesman to come in for a one-year spot, but um, this is a guy who's pro- who may be a Hall of Famer right now. They say if he comes to a team and wins a ring, he'll be a surefire Hall of Famer, so what better place to come to than Kansas City as of right now? But um, per PFF, while Tyron Smith is a little older of the tooth, they're long of the tooth, um, he had a 98.1 pass-blocking efficiency rating, was second best among all tackles with at least 750 blocking snaps, and he allowed just one sack last year and 18 pressures during the regular season. Um, both numbers were tied for second place in the respective categories among among 50 qualifying players. So, J.D., what's your thoughts on going from Donovan to Tyron Smith? And um, what are your thoughts on moving on and getting a, a different left tackle instead of just building on what we already have with Wanya Morris? Well, I think forget the Tyron Smith aspect. I think it's the bigger conversation. Of what do we do at the left tackle spot? Uh, yeah, I like Wanya Morris. I thought he did a decent job coming in. Uh, 
I don't know. Do you retain a Donovan Smith for another year? I think he came here and he fell in love with, with the Chiefs. Could the Chiefs get something done with him? Possibly. Uh, you know, maybe another team-friendly deal that we got him for. Because this was like, come in and prove yourself. Well, he got hurt, and but he did a, he did a good job for us. He did a good job for us. Down the stretch. So, yeah. everything that, that Donovan did uh, as far as playing left tackle for Patrick. I think Patrick appreciated that. I think O-line did a, a, a decent job overall. Now, obviously, we had a lot of penalties and holding calls and all those different things, right? Okay. Uh, but we got it all squared away. I, I think when you have – you don't want to keep playing musical chairs with your offensive line. You put it that way. You don't want to keep doing that. Uh, Tyron Smith, I don't know what he's going to want try to come in. I don't know. Shoot. It's nothing. The cap experts said uh, he, he would uh, demand around uh, projections wise 12 and a half mil per year. See, look, they can do. See, that's what I'm talking about. They keep talking about projection cap wise, cap wise projection. Hey, man, we ain't got look. The, the, the these, are cap, is, these are cap experts, JD. Yeah, the, the bank is broke. You broke over here, baby. Well, yeah. What you want to do? We, look, we are, we are holding on with our fingertips trying to get guys to stay here. Right, and if people keep bringing in, hey, we got this guy for twelve million dollars. This guy for three or four. Hey, we don't have no money to be giving to folks until we get these first guys done with. Okay, conversation starts when we get once we get the guys, the necessary guys we need out of the way. Now we can have these conversations. Other than that, man, it's just it's just conversation, just talk. It's just talk. I don't know if Donovan Smith could go, but I, if Donovan Smith, we could keep him for what he's doing, for, for, this, for the amount he got, sure, why not? Where where do you prioritize left tackle? Because, um, I mean, I'm seeing comments here. The Jets is, is – apparently he said he wants to go to the Jets. I, I didn't I didn't know that. Uh, but this is also a guy talking about t- talking about guys who are prioritizing different things at the end of their career. He's got two rings now. So signing to come back and just play with the Chiefs, that may not be may, – he may just want to go with the highest bidder. And, yeah, you know, I guess. Hey, man, look, if he, he wants to go to the highest bidder, I ain't got no problem with it whatsoever. Hey, appreciate it. Shake your hand and we'll, we'll move on. That's, that's, shoot, that's what you do. But the thing is, shoot, you want to win another ring? You know you're winning over here. By all means. He came here to try to, you know, obviously uh, resurrect his career, all those different things, and he might have done that. He, and then again, he may not. Um, so I don't know. But we know it's a high priority getting the left, you know, left tackle. You got to have a good left tackle here. Uh, Juan Ye did a good job. I think he came in and and, and he uh, filled in really well for Donovan when he was down. There were some things, deficiencies that he still need to get better with. His feet are still a little lazy, not as fast as they should be. And I know he'll work at doing the offseason. Uh, do you go after a guy in the in in the draft? Okay. Get the guy that you actually wanted. We didn't get a left tackle they actually wanted in the draft. So do you go get a guy again? I don't know. I, well, and I'll take it back to this. Until we get these guys done with that we need a sign, we can't talk about anything right now of who else we need. You know, we, we pull it out of our pockets like, hey, man, like, we, we what do you want to do? We, we ain't got nothing left. You know, we, we, we pinching pennies over here right now. So – where do you so um talk about priority wise? Obviously, you know, Chris Jones, forget Chris Jones and Sneed. 
Yeah. Where where does left tackle fall priority wise, or do you think that Wanye is that left tackle? Oh man, he's he's a top priority. I think I think Wanye is good enough to be a starting left tackle in the NFL. Need a little bit more consistency, a little bit more strength. Him getting his feet together is another thing. I think that goes into what the coaches trust. That's what they have to evaluate. I got somewhat of a sample size to believe that I don't think he would have been good all season for us. Put it that way. When you look at, we're talking about what uh, Crosby did to him is completely outmatched. It, it wasn't even close. And so that was the exposure because you realize exactly how much more he had to grow and he had to get better. So and, and it wasn't just Crosby; it was their it was their other end too. The that that the the um yeah. the young guy. Yeah, everybody was taking bites of him. So, <laughs> yeah. so let's just be honest here. It is absolutely a priority. My thing is, if you could keep Donovan here, fine. That, that's what we could do. If not, then Digo get you know a thirty-four year old Tyron Smith. That's a big joker right there, man. That's something right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big boy. That's a big jumper. Huge. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you get something team friendly, you keep talking about 12 and then you got to throw him some money. Uh, I tell you what you could do. You could take some of the money you got over on the right side and put over on some of the left on the restructure. I'm, I'm sure that's been topic of conversation. So, yeah. I'm sure it's been topic of conversation, man, about working some of these contracts out. Wow. Hey. Hey, I'm Jamie, I'm, I was looking because I I remember last year when we signed Taylor and they they structured so that it wasn't so much of a cap hit the the first year. I'm looking at his this year. I, I I'm kind of upset that I just looked at this. <laughs> they are paying him a lot of money, man. Oh, cap yeah. hit is cap hit is 24 mil. His dead cap is 34 mil. <laughs> wow! Wow! Man. Yes, sir. Yep. And, and and then Veach, on the other hand, is trying is trying so hard not to pay Chris Jones a lot of money, but then you're gonna throw Juwan Taylor all that money. It's like and, and look, this is this is clearly on production, what a guy's giving up, what it, you know, we, we gotta look at, you know, what this this is this is what it is about the NFL. It, it is about um, you know what you produce, what you do on the field. Period. That's that bottom line. So, hey man, shoot, if you need to, hey, we need to get some of that money back. If we want to help out a little bit. We need to go on and do some things to get guys in here. It's business. It's all business here. It's all business. You know, he got a nice grip on the on the signing bonus. That's good money. It's good money. Who said it? He's thieving, uh, thieving money. I don't. <laughs> he got paid a good month, a, a good amount. Uh, I, I wouldn't say he's thieving as much. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's trying to get as much money as possible. We did, I think, because of what transpired this year, right? The holding calls, the penalties, and all of that. Then everybody's like, "Hey, man, is he, was he was it worth all of that?" 
you know, that's what Beach and them was like, look, I get it. We needed to get him in. We wanted him to do some different things. Uh, but <laughs> it's, we had to reevaluate how much money is actually going into this because you want to be able to sign dudes to help guys out. And especially if you're trying to make the offensive line still the best to protect the best quarterback in football, it is absolutely a priority, Marcus. I know you asked that before. It is absolutely a priority. Yes, it is. Yeah. Going into last year, that, that was amongst the – I think that was our, our top priority. It was receiver and tackle. Uh, obviously, Jones' situation was Jones' situation, but the OBJ stuff was kind of the, the number one thing with the, with going into the free agency. And then now we're talking about, like, oh, man, we're going to have to try to get – Try to get a budget, you know, a, a some someone, a, a Tyron Smith, or bringing back Donovan Smith now, and it was like, you know, we got Donovan Smith at the end of free agency, pretty much. So like, yeah, yeah it's interesting how the conversation changed. And then another thing too, we we paid a right tackle, which you could argue and say you can find a right tackle for cheaper money than you can with a left tackle. And we threw all that to um, Juwan Taylor with that with the the contract that he got. So is, is all this considering the cap going up 18 million? 18 million, we're gonna eat into that real quick. Oh yeah. I'm the Brown. Easy quick, easy with the guys that we got to sign, with, without a doubt. Yeah. So all of us talking about like what we will have after or everything that we're trying to do with the guys that we got. So it does Steve, it does help it does help though. I mean it helps. Yeah, it definitely helps. But I mean, we talking about Sneed, we're talking about Chris Jones, you know, um, you know, we're talking about, you know, Drew Trample trying to probably signing him to a longer deal because we don't want to keep Willie Gay. It's probably going to cost us money. You know, I'm sure Willie's going to get paid. There's a lot of a lot of different things there. A lot of different things we got to think about. Uh, so, Wendy said, moving to the left. Uh, no, Wendy. I, 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 you, you, now, Wendy, I will say this, and I, I think it was funny you said you, you could buy a coat for false start yellow. <laughs> funny. That's funny, Wendy. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't – if you play right tackle and you had a lot of holding calls and penalties over on the right side, which is your original position, I don't think that it's practical to move a guy to the left side uh, and maybe possibly see him struggle. If he had a problem holding in penalties like that last year, no, no, don't want to do it. Get a guy that is position who plays that position, who is detailed that position, uh, because it is different. It is right and left is different. It's the reality of it, man. So, yeah, well, so we'll see what happens with it. We got a lot of time, but tomorrow is going to be the first. Uh... Gonna be the first thing that, that falls with the with the, the tag uh, opening up for teams to uh, go out and tag their guys. So. We'll see. These very yeah, these are very interesting conversations, man. There's a lot. There's a lot of moving parts for the Chiefs this offseason. I'm telling you, it's going to be a wild ride. Believe me, y'all. Y'all hold on. Y'all hold on, because it's going to be a wild ride. Uh, yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so uh, JD and I'll be back on Monday as we uh, go in depth on another position group, and uh, I, think, I, I think I know where we're going with this next one based on this conversation we just had. So uh, it'll, be, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be an interesting show on Monday. But we hope everybody enjoy the show. We'll see you guys on Monday. Love you, everybody. Love you guys. All right, look, y'all take care. Enjoy y'all. Come see us again soon, all right? Oh, appreciate it. Oh, great conversation. Oh, I'm the Brown. Yeah, appreciate man. you, brother. Thank you, Thank you very much, man.
God bless y'all. Y'all take care. Love you. Marcus, love you. Have a good weekend. Love you, buddy. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.